Welcome to The Station, a podcast by the Arkansas Business Engine. I'm Ty King, and with me are my colleagues. This is Whitney Hickerson. Hello. She said hello. This is Felicia. Hey, everyone. Hey. And with us is the professional guide through the Medicare maze, Dustin Etheridge. Dustin, how are you? I'm great. It's good to see you, Ty. Good. It's good nice to, see to you. meet you, ladies. It's good to be here. You have a beautiful office. The pictures don't do it justice. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. The pictures in the office do. <laughs> Lots of art. We do have walls. Lots of cool art. Yeah, yeah, really great art. Yes, you do. So tell us about what you do, where you're located, and just a, a general overview of what you do. Sure. Well, real quickly, my name is Dustin Etheridge. Mm-hmm. I'm a licensed insurance agent, and I specialize in health insurance. I'm one of the few agents out here that sticks to one lane. I don't do life. I don't do property and casualty. I don't do your home. I can't talk to you about car insurance. I don't think I understand my car insurance. But I do understand health insurance, and that's my specialty. My primary focus in health insurance forever has been Medicare, over 65, and those who are under 65 but on permanent disability who have Medicare. So really understanding the ins and outs of the Medicare maze and helping people figure out that maze and maximize their benefits. And then another segment is those folks that are under 65 that need help with their individual health insurance because that market has radically changed over the last few years especially Mm -hmm. because of what's happened with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Mm -hmm. And when Trump took office, there were some changes made that most people did not know about and the successive legislation that happened after those executive orders created additional programs that very few people are aware of that can be a major financial savings for families and under 65. Amazing. So what would you say is like the most common thing that people don't know about it? About like Obamacare or the CARES Act or... So in Arkansas, and I'm licensed in Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I realize that this podcast will be seen by people all around the country and sure. around the world. So if you are not in Arkansas, please find a local health insurance professional, somebody who specializes in health insurance, because ultimately that individual state is going to have slightly different rules than Arkansas does. Here in Arkansas, if you're under 65, you really have about four options. You can work for an employer who offers group health insurance. You can be low income, low enough to qualify for full Medicaid, and that's what we, in Arkansas we call that Arkansas Works. Or you can be even lower income and qualify for full Medicaid. Now, if you're in Arkansas works, you may or may not be working, but it's about income thresholds. And then your fourth option is to go with a private option. And these private options are what became available just last year, actually March 1st of last year. When Trump took office, executive order was issued day one, which eliminated the mandates of the Affordable Care Act. Well, what does that mean? Well, what that meant is it forced Congress to address the issue of can people buy insurance that has to be underwritten. So they have to meet certain medical qualifications. You have to answer certain medical questions. When that happened, the insurance companies came back to the market and said, hey, now we can give you health insurance if you meet our qualifications We'll give you health insurance, 
and the premiums are super low compared to what you're paying for the Affordable Care Act. Because here's the reality of what's happened. If you look at, and the Pew Institute released a study about a year, year and a half ago, and they discovered that the number, the total number of Americans uninsured in America before Obamacare and after Obamacare has not really changed. What has changed is the people that were uninsured previous to Obamacare were primarily low to poverty level economics. Now the uninsured are, dare I say, a lot of the people sitting around this table, a lot of the people watching this video. They have a mortgage, they have a family, and health insurance through the Affordable Care Act became more expensive than their mortgage. And they had to make the tough decision to pay a mortgage or pay for health insurance. And the smart ones have learned that they have to pay their mortgage mm -hmm. because they can't live in their health insurance. Now there are programs available for families and individuals that give them health insurance, really good health insurance, from private companies that you would recognize the names of. Mm -hmm. And I can't go into the names now because we have to have a whole <laughs> 20 minutes of disclaimers. Sure. But ultimately... I've been able to help a lot of families transition off of a group plan or get health insurance again for a lot less. For example, this morning before I came here, I quoted a, a family, husband, wife, child, low deductible, the premium will be about $400 a month with a $1,000 deductible. That's fantastic. You can't get that in the Affordable Care Act because he makes too much money. Mm-hmm. See, in the Affordable Care Act, his premium is based on his income. That his income, his premium to have a $1,000 deductible would be more than double that premium. Because the Affordable Care Act doesn't decline people with health conditions, which is nice if you have a health condition, but everyone has to pay for those who have health conditions. That's why group health insurance premiums are growing. The spousal rates are growing even faster than the employee rates. And a lot of businesses are saying enough is enough. We can't afford to keep our group health insurance plans. And so I'm working with more and more small businesses around Arkansas that are walking away from group health insurance. Instead, they're giving their employees, working with their bookkeepers and CPAs, basically a bonus or some type of financial assistance so that they can go out and buy their own health insurance and employers are getting out of the health insurance business hmm. because I, it's become yeah. too expensive i see that a lot and i i i agree with you on the, the spousal thing that was something that i experienced firsthand when i first I, I had a state government job that i was working at when i decided to go into business on my own and so i left that position with really great health insurance and for a pretty pretty low premium and so then I was just going to hop on my husband's plan because his employer, you know, he had health insurance and, you know, as a spouse, I can get on there. And um, I was on there for a couple of months and the premiums were insane. And I realized that I could go through. So I, I stayed on there through the end of that year. But then the next year I went through the marketplace and got insurance because I could get insurance less expensively just paying for it out of pocket 
through a private plan than through his and, and a, a better plan with better coverage and more coverage that include vision and dental for less like $200 a month less than I was paying through my husband's insurance and I was just like that's that's nuts right. you know but as a spouse like they, they're just like we don't care about you we don't care we're not gonna help you at all it was it was really expensive to go through as a spouse and that's tough because you don't qualify for any um, of the like tax deductions or benefits because you technically they're like do you are you offered a that's the thing about the marketplace is they ask you like are you offered or do you have available to you a plan through an employer or like a spouse's employer and if I you have to say yes then you don't qualify for any of like the tax credits or anything because you technically have access to a different plan right but even with all that it was it was less expensive yeah, yeah. Having access and having affordability are two very yes. different things. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yes, technically I do have access, but it's a, not, it wasn't a great plan, especially for the, the price. Right. Well, and the other issue is with group plans, sometimes you have restrictions on when you can join or not mm-hmm. join. With the Affordable Care Act, you have restrictions on when you can mm-hmm. or can't join, or do you have a special loophole to get you through? But with these private plans, 24-7. Oh, so you don't have to wait until October or November through then. Nope. See, that's something that I didn't know either. No, nope. I put a couple, he lost his job. They both lost, lost their health insurance. We put them on a short-term policy to protect them for the month of October. And then we wrote them on a, a 36 month policy that starts November 1st. And so they had coverage immediately. Wow. And we did not have to wait for the Affordable Care Act services and Interesting, and I, I bring them up because they're kind of an interesting scenario. They're both technically unemployed right now. She's doing some freelance stuff, but it's not paying very much. At the end of this year, if they remain unemployed, we're actually going to file for Medicaid. Because Medicaid is based on your now income, mm-hmm. not what you project your income to be. And we'll be able to transition them if they don't get a job to 100% Medicaid and take them off this private plan entirely because it's about your income. And that's what a lot of people don't think about. There's been a lot of people because of COVID have lost their jobs, have lost their health insurance, don't know where to go. And so they have no health insurance. The vast majority of those individuals qualify for Arkansas Works and or full Medicaid. No one's helped them or they haven't found the right person to help them fill out the application and get it submitted and approved. But we can get you on 100% Medicaid if you're unemployed pretty much year-round. So there's, so there's a lot more options out there than people realize. It's also how things are structured. You might be a couple, but if you're not married, you have different options mm-hmm. than somebody who is legally married. Right. What if you're a small business owner? How's your taxes structured? How's your business structured? There's a lot of independent salespeople out there, a lot of sole proprietors out there who make, whose businesses make good money, but they as an individual don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So they can gain access to things that a lot of people don't realize they have access to. And we can help transition those things. We just did that with another family. He lost his job over a year ago, was starting up his own business. She then lost her job about six months ago. They're on COBRA, paying through the nose for COBRA. 
We pulled her son off Cobra, put him on full Medicaid because of his he has a part-time job, so he qualifies individually for individual Medicaid. Pulled him off the Cobra, saved him four hundred dollars a month. He's on full Medicaid, doesn't cost him a dime, hmm. nothing, zero. And based on what their tax returns are going to be, we're going to probably pull one or both of them, or pull both off of Cobra, and they'll either go to private option or they're going to go to Medicaid. Interesting. And so you can help people get on Medicaid if that's the best option for them as well. You can kind of people help don't them. have to. Because that process can be, I think, daunting for some people. They just mm-hmm. don't really know where to start, how to do it, and go through that. Yeah. yeah. And some people don't realize, I guess, that they can get on Medicaid, they don't think that they can qualify for it, but making sure that your health is taken care of is you don't ever know. I mean, you can say, well, I'm just going to take the risk. And I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially a now with COVID, do. are yeah. doing that and saying, I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to take the risk of it. And then something happened. They have a car wreck or they have a trip to the ER or, you know, they get cancer. And then they don't realize, like, it's expensive. It's very expensive for a cancer diagnosis, millions of dollars. And so, obviously, you can't afford that on your own. Right. And I don't know, you know, what the policy is for Medicaid and things like that once you're diagnosed, if you can get on it then, um, if there's any, you know, mm-hmm. any issues with that. But and that's the beauty of Medicaid. There's no medical qualifications. Yeah. Well, I, it's I just have, your income. So mm-hmm. or medical All qualifications, like I've got a lot of, like I've got some weird food allergy situations. Like, is that considered a pre-existing condition? Because that's the main reason I care. Like, I'm not that person who just says, I'm just going to wing it because... At any moment, I could end up in the ER, and I don't want to take that risk and not having health insurance. Right. But I like that's the one thing that like makes me nervous about going back into you know the private health insurance field mm-hmm. of what's and, considered a pre-existing condition. Is like because I've got this allergy that's just kind of a weird thing. It's not a normal allergy, but it surely will send me to the ER. I've got the EpiPen that I carry around with me. Right. So questions about pre-existing conditions are very gray. There's mm-hmm. a lot of gray area there. There's some very black and white also. You know, if you've had stroke, heart attack, cancer, if you're on a CPAP machine, we're going to talk more about CPAP machines in a minute. But medical conditions vary, and it's really person to person. As a general rule, we have a short list of absolute can't do those. Mm-hmm. If they've been within seven years. Now, if someone comes to me and they're like, well, I had a heart event and that's what we call them. No, we don't call them heart attacks anymore. We call them heart events. Mm. It's an event. I had a heart event. You do mark it on the calendar. Yeah, I would exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, have, we celebrate the anniversary of my heart event. <laughs> so, but if it's been more than seven years ago, then you know, you've got ability to qualify for health insurance that you may not have had literally a year earlier because of that seven-year mark. Think of it. It's, it's like, ironically, like bankruptcy. It's like your credit so, report. Yeah, it's like your credit report. So you want to know that when it comes to things where they're iffy, it doesn't cost anything to submit the application. And I would rather submit it and get approved than think I know more than the underwriters, which I don't, mm-hmm. and find out later, oh, they would, have, they would have approved that. Yeah. So why not? So as, a, as an insurance agent, I submit probably more applications than other agents just because I think a lot of other agents talk themselves out of opportunities to help people Mm -hmm. because they've got this list and they think they know how to interpret the list. But let's be honest, underwriters are people. They have good days. They have bad days. 
And if you catch your under, the right underwriter on the right day, you might get lucky. Now let's talk about CPAP machines for just a second because they become very popular among couples. Because of the snoring? Because of snoring. Okay, got it. So they have figured out that if we give the spouse who snores a CPAP machine, the snoring goes way down. Even if it's not medically necessary, but the minute you have a CPAP machine on your record that was recommended by the doctor, your medical insurance options are now very limited because you now have a pre-existing condition. So the luxury of a snoreless bedroom could end up costing you a lot more down the road. So people really need to think about... So just move that spouse that snores into, into, into a different room. bedroom. Yeah. Into a different bedroom, yeah. And let him just snore away. <laughs> so I hope you can see during this time that there are a lot more options that everyone has. Mm-hmm. But they need somebody who specializes in that field to help them find those options. That's why I'm not asking you to call me if you have car insurance questions about your car insurance. Because I don't know. Yeah. But if you have questions about health insurance, I'm your guy. Awesome. And you're uh, you're based in Sherwood where your offices are there, but you serve all over Arkansas. Correct. And so... You know, I've known you for a while, and you're a very personal person. You like to be in contact and have the face-to-face type of connection and be able to be be available uh, pretty much 24-7 to anybody that is signed up underneath you. And so what are the benefits of having somebody that's a personal agent like that rather than just going online and filling out some, some forms and then submitting them? That's a great question. I really appreciate that mm-hmm. compliment. And yeah, sure. Yes, I have an office in West Little Rock. I have an office in Sherwood, and I do travel the whole state. Here's the difference, accessibility and experience. When you're talking to somebody at an 800 number, you don't know what state they're in. They may not even know where Arkansas is, let alone do they know where Berryville is? Do they know where Moralton is? Do they know where Toadsuck is? They, they don't know because they've never been to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So you have an opportunity and there's no cost to work with a local agent. And you'll have somebody local. And one of the reasons it matters is I have a relationship with individuals at each of the major insurance companies in Arkansas. So if there's an issue, I have someone I can reach out to beyond an 800 number. I have contacts at DHS, Social Security, State Legislature. If there's an issue, I can reach out to somebody and see about getting it resolved. And we've had success doing that. We had an issue a couple years ago that became very well known among insurance agents. And through networking opportunities, I ran into a state legislator. Long story short, we were able to pull together a meeting that he orchestrated, talked about this challenge that we were having with some processes within inside a government agency Turned out it didn't need legislative change. It needed procedural change. They were not aware of the problem. They were not aware of how it was affecting our Kansans. Within two weeks, it was fixed. All it took was the right meeting with the right people. Right. Yeah, that's huge, too. Mm-hmm. 
There's nobody sitting in a cubicle in some office in somewhere USA on an 800 number who can do that. Right. That's the difference. And I've said it before many times, you know, even when we were trying to choose a bank when we had set all this up, that I don't care what you provide. I don't care if I save an extra 100 bucks going with this bank. If they have better customer service, I'll take it mm-hmm. all day long. Yep. I just feel like, I don't know, if you have an issue, someone who's there that says that I care about you and you're not just a number or statistic, but you are a person to me and I'm going to handle it for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that just goes leaps and bounds. I don't care what kind of product that you provide. If it takes me longer to do something, you know, just like accounting softwares and stuff that I have to deal with, if if I have horrible customer service, I don't care if I have to jump through hoops to do my work, I won't go with you just because your customer service is horrible. Um, And so I think that that's a big thing to have someone that's there that can help you that makes you feel like you're not just, I'm just a number, I'm just, you know, part of his salary, like he doesn't really care about me. But to say, like, I'm going to go the extra mile for you, I think says a lot about you and your business. Well, it has the knowledge and contacts to actually be able to do something because, you know, all the good intentions in the world are fine. But if you don't, you know, have the ability to actually do anything, then, you know, it's, it's just good intentions, you know, but when you're, you're actually like, no, I know people, I've made these connections. I've put the, put the effort in, put the, put the legwork in to build these relationships over time. And I'm going to now utilize them to help serve my customers. Mm -hmm. That's, and I mean, that's, that's big because you know, you've made those connections. So it's not just like, well, I'm going to try and do my best. It's like, no, I've got these connections that I've built and I'm going to use them for you and help you out when you have an issue. Mm -hmm. I've gone to pharmacies with clients to resolve issues at pharmacies. Wow, okay. I've gone to doctor's visits with clients. Because you'd be surprised the number of people who take <laughs> That's a half a dozen surprise or the more doctors, medicines yeah. and don't know why they take these medicines. Right. A lot of our, especially our seniors, are alone. Their families are not nearby. Even if their families are nearby, they're not necessarily engaged or connected. So I've had numerous times where I've gone with patients to their doctor's appointments because they don't know what to ask. My family does not go to doctor's appointments alone. Hmm. It does not happen. Dustin's there. I've been in hospitals with clients. And there's one hospital in Little Rock. When I walk in, they're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. But now that same hospital calls me when they have a client who has an insurance problem. Good. Because they know I can fix it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's what you get with a local agent. And I'm not the only local agent who does that. Sure. There are very few of us that go the extra mile, but they're out there. If it's not me, find that local agent that you can work with. And not just a local agent who's limited to one or two companies, but a local agent that represents all the major mm-hmm. players in the market. Because there is no one-size-fits-all insurance. It does not exist. Right. Yeah, so, we were talking about that recently about car insurance and you know how it's important to have a kind of an independent agent who can talk about all talk to all the different agencies yes. because your individual circumstances may necessitate you know it's better to go with this plan rather than this one so it would obviously make sense you know that health insurance would be similar yeah sure so i think when i turned 50 my agent called me and said hey you turned 50 now a different insurance company wants 50 year olds here's your new rate i didn't know that was going to be a thing i just turned 50 who cares <laughs> but thankfully my car insurance agent was like hey 
This company wants 50-year-olds that own homes mm-hmm. in the zip code. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, that That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So how did you get started in the uh, health insurance field? I've been in insurance my whole life, my whole adult life. Um, right after school, I started knocking on doors in Southern California where I grew up selling life insurance door to door. This is back when laptops were about 20 pounds. <laughs> it was all DOS. Yeah. Um, but we would literally just drive into a neighborhood around 6, 30, 7 o'clock on a, usually a weeknight and start knocking on doors. And that's how I broke into the insurance business. So I've been in the insurance business my whole adult life in one way or another. Right. Um, done a lot of different things. And probably about 10 years ago, people were, were coming to me and were asking a lot, a lot of questions about Medicare. And I knew just enough to be dangerous. And one of the things I say that because when you make decisions about Medicare, those decisions can affect you for the rest of your life. And the economic impact can be staggering. Hmm. And so I began to realize I needed to know more. And the more I began to know, the more I learned, the more I did it, the more I realized this is all I want to do. Medicare, unlike the rest of the insurance industry, is tightly regulated, tightly controlled by Medicare Center, the Center for Medicare Services, CMS. And I've found a lot of that structure is very helpful to clients, but also to agents. And I just kind of worked my way into it. And then a few years after getting neck deep into it, I had a client call me Mr. Medicare one day and... It stuck, and that was the end of that, and that became my singular focus. I didn't really even start doing a lot of the individual under 65 stuff until the last couple of years as the pain threshold went up because of the changes with group health insurance. A major local government, they jumped their spousal rate 20% January 1st, and that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of companies are making more and more changes for next year that are just now coming to light. And people are like, well, what do we do? Do I, can I work more overtime to pay this increase to have my insurance, to have my family insured? And so there's just a lot of things going on there. But Medicare is still my primary focus, but I will work with individuals on a referral basis only. I don't actually market. I'm grateful and thankful. I don't really market anything. 90% of my business is direct referral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, in lots of fields, when people are dealing directly, especially with customer relations or clients, and they get kind of burnt out on it after a while. And it's like for you to have been in it for so long, it seems like those relationships sort of energize you and they push you to keep going further with this. I know you like to give back. and I know you've got some, uh, some events coming up and classes and things. What is going on? So our Sherwood office for the... Between now, this is October, what is today? October 6th, yeah. Mm -hmm. So October 6th through December 7th, we will be offering Monday through Friday classes in our office in Sherwood at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. on Medicare Basics. And we'll help people understand the ABCs of Medicare, the D of Medicare, and how it impacts them. And then we'll be available to talk with people one-on-one after each class to see what we can do to help them manage that. 
there have been big changes. State retirees, you mentioned state health mm-hmm. insurance earlier. State retirees, they're experiencing changes in their coverage. Um, Intergy is experiencing changes in their coverage. Mm-hmm. There's other companies in the area that are experiencing changes in their coverage. So if you're retired and you're now being told by the company you thought had your back Mm -hmm. that they're now changing their coverage or eliminating that coverage, what do you do? Well, I hope you can find a local insurance agent to work with because working with somebody on an 800 number might get you what you need, but it might not get you what you need. And that's why we're there to help people transition in those times. People who are also turning 65. In Pulaski County, about 400 people turn 65 every month. In Faulkner County, it's about 200. So right here in our neighborhood, 600 people every month turn 65 years old. (laughs) They have Medicare options that a lot of them are not aware of. And primarily because Social Security has changed the carrot and stick and moved it out to 66 plus. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people aren't retiring at 65 anymore. They're gonna keep working. But what about their health insurance? At least half the time, I sit down with somebody turning 65 and it's just numbers, it's just math. We look at what they have through an employer plan and we look at what they have available through Medicare, and half the time, they're economically better off going to Medicare and going and walking away from that group plan. Not only about, it's not just about premiums, but it's also about deductibles and about max out-of-pocket. The max out-of-pocket is the thing most people are not paying attention mm-hmm. to. So what do insurance companies do when people start complaining about their premiums? Well, they raise deductibles and they raise max out of pocket. The average deductible is $5,000 for an individual. The average max out of pocket is now $10,000. Okay? You're not going to realize you have a $10,000 deductible until after you've come home from the procedure. And a $10,000 max out of pocket is extremely easy to reach in modern medicine. Most outpatient procedures will leave you with a $10,000 max out of pocket. One night in a hospital will leave you with a $10,000 max out of pocket. And those max out of pocket numbers are climbing. I've seen them as high as $17,000. So you gotta come up with $17,000 or on a good day, $10,000 to pay the hospital or at least set up a payment plan with the hospital because that's your responsibility. It's not the insurance companies. They paid their part. Now you're on your own. In Medicare, we can eliminate the max out of pocket on several plans. And we can limit and lower the max out of pocket on other plans. We can also eliminate most, if not all, deductibles depending on the plan. So we do that a lot. Uh, One of the major regional banks, I transition a lot of their staff off of their plan, their group plan into Medicare Um, because the the rates are almost identical, the premiums are almost identical, but they're going from a $5,000 deductible Mm -hmm. to a zero deductible. 
They're bankers. They understand why that's important. Sure. It's about asset protection. Wow. So for small businesses, you said that most of them are doing away with their group plans. Um, so let's say a small business between 10 to 100 employees. Uh, what, what do you recommend for them? Should they should they keep their group insurance or should they go to a different type of plan or should they keep be compensating their employees you know, more so that they can afford their own personal health insurance? What do you think is the best uh, uh, route there? Yes. Yes to all. All the above. All the above. Great. All the above. <laughs> Glad we narrowed it out. <laughs> what? What business owners and business managers need to be aware of is what their options are. All of their options. Mm-hmm. Not just the option of group health. Give me a, a story here real quick. I had a gentleman call me. He was 28 years old. Called me about a year ago. Works for a big company in the port, Little Rock Port. Not for the Little Rock Port, but for a company down there. And... 28 years old, he was the employee, okay, and they were taking $400 a month out of his check for their health plan. That was his portion, was $400 a month. Yeah, that hurts. Okay? They pay 50%, so the company's paying another. So his health insurance premium was $800 a month. And he's in perfect health. He's, a, he's athletic, he's a biker, you know, he's in great health, 28 years old. We moved him to a private plan for $200 a month, moved his deductible from five grand to 1,000, moved his max out of pocket from 10 to 2,500. Wow. So when he went to the HR department and said, take me off the insurance, the HR director said, why and how? And he told her the story. Well, she called me and she said, we need to talk. What, what are you doing? <laughs> so that's now led to the successive graduation of pulling healthy people off the group plan. It gives them more incentive too. It sounds like let's pay for your gym memberships. Let's if you quit smoking, if you quit doing all these things, and you have better health. Conway High School, Conway Public Schools is like that. They do like bowling, they do tennis, they do walkathons, and like you can get a big group together. And if you lower your blood pressure, if you get off this these types of medicines, if you you know lower your cholesterol down, all these things, then they give you more incentive for you to be healthier. And so it's been a big deal for them to save them a ton of money from my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. I think that's great. Yep. And a lot of people are doing that. The challenge when you have, no matter if it's a group of 10, a group of 100, or a group of 1,000, if you have a percentage of that group that is medically dependent upon health insurance, they have pre-existing conditions, they have ongoing issues, they have ongoing medic, medically treated, prescription treated pro, uh, medical issues, they're gonna drive up the cost for everybody. Group health insurance doesn't factor your age versus his age, or your health condition versus my health condition. We're all in, this in the same thing together, and we're all as old as the oldest person. We're wow. all as sick as the sickest person. So we all pay effectively the same rate. Well, that's why we shop car insurance, right? We move homes to different zip codes to get better car insurance rates. 
Well, it's difficult to do in health insurance. So we can help companies understand that they have options. If you have, and I have a client, I mentioned Berryville earlier just because I have a client up there that I recently acquired. We're leaving two people on their group plan because those are the two people who can't qualify for individual health insurance. We've moved the rest off the group plan, saving the company thousands of dollars a month. But that still provides, I would assume, like a medical stipend that they can give to them and say, hey, here's $400, go get whatever insurance that you need. Mm -hmm. In fact, there were two staff members of that company that we moved to their spousal plans because their spousal plans were actually a great option, a better option than the private options. (laughs) So we need to be aware of all of our options. And unfortunately, most of the human resources people have been trained and conditioned. You call a big company, you ask for a group health plan, you submit everyone's date of birth, and that's the rate. They don't even realize that these options exist. So yes, the answer is yes, all of the above. (laughs) They need to know what their options are. Sure. And working with an independent agent, they can discover those options and they can discover opportunities to save their staff money and themselves money. And health insurance is probably the single biggest thing affecting the bottom line profitability of companies right now. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of these big companies and government organizations are realizing as the baby boomers get older, we can't afford to keep them insured. Mm-hmm. And the, the, rooster, the rooster's coming home. And it, it's going to be painful for people who aren't prepared for it. Absolutely. We're, we're prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's much better to have uh, somebody that's a professional that can, it's local, that can help you rather than, you know, just take the word, the word of advice mm-hmm. and say that company was looking at a different company and they were like, well, this is what we do. And just assuming that's the best thing because that's what somebody else does right. instead of bringing you in where you could debunk all that and be like, well, let's deconstruct this a little bit and get the best rates. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, pivoting the conversation a little bit, uh, we were mentioning COVID earlier, and I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about what, how has, I guess, the uh, pandemic really affected your business? Is, I mean, there's positives and negatives to both of that, but like, has it stopped you from certain things, or has it increased? And in, you know, maybe people are worrying more about their health now because there's a you know, a virus that's rampant out there, you know? Well, and also, is that considered, that's been a lot of talk, do you have COVID and you don't have insurance, right? So you go to the ER and get treated. Is that now like a pre-existing condition? Because we don't know. There are people who said that this has been lingering for like five months. I've been sick for five months, mm-hmm. and it's got to be this. I was fine before this. I got diagnosed, and now I have these right. things that are still wrong. Is that considered a pre-existing condition? And if it is, then I guess, does that take a lot of options off the table for people who are trying to get insured? Yes, and yes, and yes. (laughs) Uh, You didn't say it, but you were thinking. (laughs) It's like to whatever you were thinking, yes. COVID, COVID has changed the game for everybody Hmm. in every way. there, there's no, there's no two ways about it. Is COVID a pre-existing condition? That depends on who you talk to. 
Um, I'm under the impression that it probably is. In part because we don't have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is now some evidence that says you can get COVID more than once. So that was early on. People were like, well, once you had it, you can't get it again. Mm, that's that's changed. We're seeing in Europe especially, we're seeing people getting it a second time. Uh, remember when they said kids can't get it, kids can't spread it? Well, now they're spreading it like wildfire. How, how many schools are being closed? Right. Going, yes, we were just talking about Going that. virtual yeah. because apparently, yeah, kids can get it and spread it. Uh, so, yes, the industry has changed. Um, health insurance industry in particular has changed in that they're making a lot of the things that we used to have to do in person. We used to be a a really stodgy sign here kind of business. Mm -hmm. Not so much now. It's been amazing over the last six months how quickly they've adapted to technology. We were talking about that before the presentation started. Uh, so we're seeing we're seeing good changes. They're slow because that's the nature of the insurance industry. We're the Titanic; we take forever to turn. <laughs> but yes, there are changes. Um, healthcare is obviously changing. Um, how you get healthcare, how you all that's changed, and it's going to continue to change. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, the insurance industry, to their credit. I believe have done the right thing in saying, look, if it's COVID related, your co-pays are history because they, nobody knows it's, and people were staying home with symptoms, not going to get treated because they didn't think they could afford to go get treated. And so by saying, Hey, we got, we can't do this. Yeah. We, we, you know, we're going to, the pandemic's going to get that much worse if we don't treat them. So I think they've done a lot of the right things in that regard. I will say this. One thing that I noticed is, and you know, insurance companies get a lot of crap about, and I've gotten, you know, my own beefs with insurance dictating what services should or should not be provided. But um, one thing that I've noticed, I think that they did well and they did right is like, you know, know, I'm a big proponent of therapy and mental health care. Mm -hmm. And so I go to therapy and I, ever since this, since, a couple of months into this pandemic, my insurance has said, okay, if you're going to telehealth and doing virtual mental health counseling, your co-pays are waived. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of, it's because, I mean, virtual telehealth and mental health has been like, boomed. it's boomed. Oh, yeah. And it's opened the doors for a lot of people who maybe couldn't get there because of work, but yeah. they have a lunch break and they'll... And they can call somebody that during that lunch break and get hop on a call. And, but like, you know, just waiving those co-pays makes it more, even more affordable because like, mm-hmm. the you know... Because that can be a barrier to, for a lot of people. But if they're waiving, you know, I'm sure that's not the only company that's done it. Because I'm sure if it's a major company that's doing it, that probably other major companies are, you know, they're all kind of doing the same thing. Right. And so I think that, I mean, that's, I'll, I'll give them kudos for that. Because I think that's good and that's important, especially with so many people at home, in mm-hmm. their houses. That's a part of health care that we don't always think about and talk about. But, you know, I think that's important. And I think that, I, you know, kudos to the health insurance, not only for, like, the COVID-related stuff that they're waiving co-pays on, but also some of the mental health stuff. Like, you know, stay at home, get the care that you need, and we're going to waive your copay. I think that's fantastic. Well, and you have to go one step further, or should I say backwards, and thank your state legislatures. Thank your state, leg- your state representative 
because Arkansas was one of the last states to approve telehealth. And yes. it only happened when? COVID. COVID hit. No, it happened or, right before. Right before? Oh. It happened right before, but we were one of the last states to get telehealth. The other states have had telehealth for years. And the industries had telehealth, and the companies that work in Arkansas had it in other states. It was our state law mm. that prevented access to it. So, and also the state of Arkansas is woefully behind the curve on rural internet access. Oh, yes. And that's another thing. Which that makes I it difficult. Well, especially since you're saying that like your signatures and stuff, they're not just, you know, signed here anymore. Well, what about those people who don't have access to a computer or they live in right. the middle of nowhere and even if they did have a computer, they definitely can't hop on there and just sign things that you sent via email because they have to drive 30 minutes to town. Right, right. We can actually now do a lot of things by voice. Okay. So we now have the ability to basically do record the call, and that has now been approved as a way to get applications submitted. So we're, 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 moving, that, yeah. we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. But let's face it, Arkansas is a rural state. Arkansas is a poor state. And the vast majority of our Kansans need a little bit of assistance gaining access to technology. And I've been beating the woods in Little Rock because a lot of our state services, they're trying to push everything to online applications, not realizing that most of the people that need those services can't the ones get that don't have the online access don't have the online access and it needs to, i think it's so important to to provide that that internet service because there's so much that can be provided for people because you know talking about telehealth one of the benefits of telehealth is that say i am in a rural area and i need to see the specialist that's in little rock well, you know, especially if I'm elderly or maybe disabled, it's going to be hard for me to get. It may be an hour and a half drive mm -hmm. from, you know, a rural area in, you know, northern Arkansas down to Little Rock to go to see my specialist for routine maintenance. You know, there's obviously certain things that they're going to have to go and see in person. But a lot of these specialists can see people via telehealth. And if they've got that good Internet access, they can sit in their home and see that specialist for that ongoing routine care that they need without having to go all the way into Little Rock to see, because we are such a rural area, it can be a drive to go see the specialist that you right. need. Yeah. And so if we get that internet access to everyone, you know, that we are woefully behind on, then that can, so it can bump up the ability to access services in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk for just a few minutes about mom and dad and aunts and uncles. Um, and I, I have a handout for each of you here. This is the handout we use for our Medicare classes. Medicare is a maze. And we've broken it down to this single page document. And I don't know if Ty, if you can make this available or not to folks sure. through yeah. whatever magic you do. But okay. I'm a wizard. You're so a wizard. Yeah, you are. You are. A In my mind, you're a marketing <laughs> wizard. But on the left-hand side of the page, you have your original Medicare options, or what I call the Cadillac options. In the first sack, you have hospital and medical, which is your original Medicare A and B, the red, white, and blue card. 
Medicare does not cover prescriptions, so you do have to pick up a secondary sack or a secondary card to pick up prescription drug coverage. And then because Medicare doesn't cover everything, Medicare, in fact, has no limit on how much you have to cost share. No limit at all. None. Zero. So if you walk into a hospital and you rack up $100,000 in bills, you could be on the hook for a big chunk of that. Okay? If you end up having to do outpatient procedures and see a specialist, that 20% that you're responsible for has no limit. Every year you have that issue. I have watched people's bank accounts evaporate because they did not have protection against the things Medicare doesn't cover. Mm. Okay? So it's what Medicare doesn't cover that we specialize in taking care of. So the third sack is additional coverage or what we call Medigap plans or Medipack plans. Those are your Cadillac plans. They have a premium, uh, but they cover the vast majority of what Medicare doesn't cover. So that's where the minority of our Kansans are. These are folks that have assets to protect, property, land. They have the budget to afford premiums in the $300 a month range total. Medicare plus everything that doesn't Medicare doesn't cover. You're looking about $300 a month, okay? However, the vast majority of our Kansans end up on the right-hand side of the page, what I call the Chevrolet side. And they're on Advantage plans. And Advantage plans had a bad reputation in the past, but they've really improved a lot. They are much, much better plans. But unfortunately, they still have a reputation out there. But the reality is their monthly premiums start at zero dollars. And they offer things that the other side can't offer by law. Hmm. So they offer things like vision and dental. They offer things like transportation. They offer over-the-counter benefits. They actually are starting this year to offer even uh, gift cards that you can use to buy healthy food. So you can go buy stuff to make salad rather than buying Twinkies. Okay, so there's options there. So the vast majority of our Kansans are on the right-hand side of the page. And the issue with Advantage plans is they get tweaked every year. So we're coming into the annual election period, October 15th through December 7th. And I just want to put this out there and I'll take your questions about Medicare. There are changes almost every year to every plan. If our parents, aunts and uncles and grandparents are not reviewing their plans, they could get stuck in a plan next year that is less than adequate or more expensive than it needs to be. So if you have someone that's on Medicare, have them sit down with a local agent and review their options. Drug plans change, your drugs change. And you'd be amazed the number of people that are paying more for premiums than they need to or paying more in co-pays than they need to. There are special plans for veterans. So if you know veterans, there are special plans for veterans that give them options outside of the VA. We have special plans for our Kansans that are low income. We can almost eliminate all of their expenses, almost all of their out-of-pocket, and eliminate their premiums. So there's lots of things that we can do and lots of loopholes in Medicare that we can help our clients take advantage of through some pretty simple education. And so that's where we're at on the Medicare. I could spend another hour talking about Medicare, but I know we're out of time. But do you have any questions specific to Medicare? 
Do you have to wait until an open enrollment period in order to get on the Medicare train? Maybe. There are lots of loopholes that allow us to enroll people in Medicare year-round. I personally will write about 200 Medicare policies a year. Mm -hmm. 100 of those are done from January 1st to September 30th. That's how many people can be helped outside of the annual election period. So you don't have to wait for open enrollment. A lot of people qualify for the opportunity to make changes that they're not aware of. So my encouragement is if you have a problem with your Medicare Advantage plan or any of your Medicare coverages, call me. Call an agent and say, this is the issue. What are my options? You may have, in fact, 50% of the time, you do have the option of making a change outside of the end of the year. So great question. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a big deal. Any other questions? No? Good? Dustin, it's been awesome. Uh, in the show notes, we'll put the links to all your contact info and how people can reach you. But just for uh, just for practice, uh, how can people get a hold of you? <laughs> Thanks, Ty. The best way to get a hold of me is I'll give you my cell phone number. You can call or text area code 501-703-0488. 501 area code. You can call or text 24-7. And I'll be happy to return your call if I don't answer it on the spot. You can call, text. I'll respond as soon as I can. It is that time of year. So I'm... Usually, if I don't call you back today, I'll call you back definitely tomorrow. And that will include Sunday, where I'm seven days a week the last three months of the year. And, and if they want to stop by the office, they can stop by the office on Keel and Sherwood. We have an agent there Monday through Friday, 9 to 4 every day. And then again, back at 6 o'clock for the 6 o'clock class. And that's 3415 East Keel in Sherwood, which is just Coincidentally, catty corner from the Social Security office. Yeah. So, it's pretty convenient. So we can, right? yeah. we can play tennis from each other's parking lots <laughs> across Keel. So that's awesome. Yeah, we can toss the ball back and forth over Keel. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see this video, you can go to our channel on YouTube, the Arkansas Business Engine, and go back through our, our library of videos and of previous podcasts that we've had. And make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss a future episode. And if you want the audio version, of course, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where podcasts are distributed around the globe. And until next time, Felicia, you want to tell us bye? Bye.